Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Table Studios, located on County Road 42 in Nicollet in Burnsville, featuring six local farmers, Taste the Difference, award-winning. This is The Howl, and we would like to welcome everyone to the new Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other, featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite league, the NBA. We are very excited to have everybody along for the ride. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. I am the... No, Mom, I'm full. Please, no more potatoes. Of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right, Aaron Gobble Gobble Groshong, the producer of the show. And seated to my left is none other than Rob Legs and Thighs Hess. He is the jack of all trades for the show. First, look back at the games that were and preview the week ahead. Second, again, is our talker segment this week with a good dose of both Wolves and general NBA topics. We also have a new segment called Dilly or Chili, where we examine current teams and look to the future. Never take a chance that you will miss something amazing. So stay tuned to your radio. It's time for the howl. It's the first quarter of the howl. Here we have our game recap and week ahead preview for your Minnesota Timberwolves here in the den. Rob Hess and myself, Aaron Groshan about to break down this last week's slate of games. Rob, let's start with the Timberwolves versus the Utah jazz. And we know everybody is always interested now in the jazz all of a sudden, or should I say because of one Ricky Rubio, um, we all know what happened that first game against the Jazz here at the Target Center. Jamal Crawford seals the deal with an amazing corner three. It was a really tightly contested game. What did you expect going into this game against the Jazz now uh, on their home court? Well, you go into this game, and the big difference, obviously, is no Rudy Gobert. And that's a big difference maker. So I feel like as a Wolves fan, you definitely go into this thinking, okay, the Wolves can definitely 
finish off this game and it shouldn't be that difficult granted it's in utah so that always adds a little difficulty and even if rudy gobert is not there they're a really good defensive team so you know it's going to be difficult even when they're missing that guy so to go in there win on the road uh pretty convincing i I don't know that we ever really thought that the game was you know out of whack like we were going to lose i think we were i was pretty confident most of that game as i watched it yeah so rudy gobert i believe it was the day before the game i think was uh, announced that he was going to miss four to six weeks with uh, a, a knee injury um do you remember specifically what it was i was going to say a sprain well, so it was, the, was, like it was the Dion waiters play <clears throat> where he kind of dives for the ball and then at least for my benefit it looks like he dives at rudy gobert's knee causes the you know causes the injury yeah so in his place uh Derek Favors steps up he plays 27 minutes for the game Joe Ingles uh Jonas Urebko um really filling in at the four five uh you know decent game three threes you know three of six it's not bad yeah you know and I actually used to like him he was available back uh when he was floundering with Detroit and you know I had a couple of people laugh at me when I was saying hey why don't you just add him as a deep depth guy well here he is you know Two two and a half years later, and he's uh, still contributing. Um, one of the guys for the Jazz before we get into the Wolves, who had a fantastic game, and really I think probably his best game of the season, uh, Donovan Mitchell, a, a fantastic rookie who seems to be having a great season with the Jazz, probably in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. I mean, there's some really, you know, I think this year's Rookie of the Year race is so much more interesting than last year's. But nonetheless, Donovan Mitchell goes ten and nineteen, has twenty four points. Um, to Rob's point, you're right. The game was never really in hand. <clears throat> Granted, we handed back some points in the fourth quarter. I think we jumped into the fourth with a 21 point lead. Um, what did you make of the end of the game there, Rob, for your Wolves? I mean, I feel like the, the big thing for the Wolves in, in past years when they've started to kind of lose it at the end of games or even just in the fourth quarter <clears throat> is that they actually do lose the game. All of a sudden, it's kind of like a, a landslide. And you went from having this big lead or even having just like an, like a, let's say, a 15-point lead, and all of a sudden you're down two or you're only up like three or four. You know, everyone's going to go on runs, whether it's us, whether it's the Jazz, whoever you're playing, there's going to be runs. And the key to, to winning games is always going to be how you withstand those runs. And in the past, the Wolves haven't done that. They haven't been able to withstand those runs. But now you have that veteran presence, whether it's Taj Gibson, who's been fantastic, whether it's Jimmy Butler. You have pieces now that you can rely upon that are going to stop that when you're starting to kind of falter late in games. And we've been seeing that uh, early on this year. Now, the only downside to that is we rely on them a ton. So in this game, you know, 38 points from Jimmy Butler, 39 from Taj Gibson. Minutes, you mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you said points. Oh, no, well, I'm just saying you rely on them for, for these large amounts, large spans of time. Yes. That's the tough part. It, Exactly. What you're saying is, you know, the starters all logged 37 or more minutes mm-hmm. and and that was the vast majority of the scoring. Now, let me ask you guys this. Those listening right here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, I mean, if you were to say that the Wolves would win double figures, be up by more than 20 in the second half, and Andrew Wiggins scores only 11 points, would you even think that's possible? But ultimately, right. you have all five starters scoring in double figures. Towns leading the way with a, a traditional cat and a kitten, 24 points, 13 rebounds. Um, who is your your big player that you thought made the most impact, You know, whether it was in the scoring column, rebounds, assists, or intangibles, Rob? For me, when, I, when it comes to games, anytime a guy does something 
that not necessarily uncharacteristic, but maybe goes out of his way to really contribute in a certain area. Jimmy Butler getting 10 assists, you know, to go along with his 21 points. That's so big. You know, you expect it from, you expect those assists from a guy like, you know, whether it's Jeff Teague, Tyus Jones, but Jeff Teague, for example, you know, he had five turnovers to his three assists. He was scoring more on that night as opposed to setting other guys up. So for me, Jimmy Butler, but, on, but you know, on the side to that, we talked about Wiggins only having 11 points. I mean, he still shot 40% from the field, but leads the team with a plus 25. So what I like about Andrew Wiggins this year is he's finding other ways than just scoring to contribute to the box score, to contribute to wins. And now, again, you know, four turnovers, but I just appreciate two blocks, two steals, four assists, four rebounds. He's stuffing the stat sheet, and that's something in the past we've complained about. Wiggins wasn't able to do that. So now Wiggins is actually able to contribute in other areas. So when he does have a down-scoring night, you can rely on his defense more or his passing or his rebounding. He he does other things, and that's huge for this team going forward. Yes, I love everything you're saying there, Rob. And that is exactly it when we're talking about Andrew Wiggins this year is doing the other things. I am so impressed with his effort on the rebounding side, whether it's offensive or defense. Um, even just his straight up man to man defense seems to be improved. I, I seen him get down in a, a defensive stance more this year than I think all the years combined. Um, ultimately, you have I, I, I think my biggest takeaway from that game was the play of Tyus Jones. I thought Tyus played exceptionally well that game. Granted, Box score wise, Tyus is never going to, you know, knock your socks off. But again, what I love is that second unit being just solid. And that's what's contributing to wins. Um, Let's jump in. Uh, You know, this is two days later now. Uh, We're back now in Minneapolis here at Target Center. We're taking on the San Antonio Spurs, Rob. The Wolves play a solid game come back from a slow first quarter to win 98-86. Let's dive deep into this game, Rob. Um, what did you make of that first quarter start? You know, only 18 points in the first for the Wolves. Well, this is one of those teams that is kind of like that thorn in your side. Yes. Now, granted, historically, the Wolves have a lot of teams like that because we just haven't been that good throughout mm-hmm. the years. But the Spurs are a team you don't really see the Wolves beating very often. Correct. Now, granted, they're still without Kawhi Leonard. We had talked about this last week. There was you know, rumors that he might be back soon. At this point, he obviously was not back. And unlike when it was in San Antonio, the Wolves actually you know, kind of took care of business in this game. Now, you're always going to get some pretty good points from some of these guys. But when you keep the Spurs, their top scorer is a 15 points from LaMarcus Aldridge. That's pretty big, especially given how dominant he was the first time we met this year. So that first game... In San Antonio, LaMarcus Aldridge just kind of feasted. And in this game, we did a much better job of of guarding the team as a whole, but but specifically Aldridge, who just killed us the first game. Well, yeah, you know, the big man comparison here, you got Towns that goes 10 for 18 from the field, and then LaMarcus Aldridge, 5 for 14. You know, this you can echo back to the Andrew Wiggins point uh, against the Jazz. You know, he goes 4 for 10. He doesn't shoot you out of the game. LaMarcus Aldridge going five for 14, it it puts the Spurs at a disadvantage because without Kawhi Leonard, that's one of the key pieces to getting buckets. Now, Rudy Gay is another player who I thought played a great first game against us um, when the Wolves took on the Spurs in the opener. 
doesn't have that much success here. Goes three for eight, only seven points. So some key wins for the Wolves in terms of matchups. Now, Belly, I thought, um, had a fantastic game for the Wolves. He goes five for nine. And, you know, let's just talk about him for a second because over the course of this season, um, were we 15 games deep right now? Right, Rob. I mean, yeah. not not well, including this game. Going, we're uh, yeah, we're not we're sixteen games, isn't it? I believe it's sixteen. Okay, sixteen games. I mean, he has put together a solid string of games, more than you can just say are a flukish or a nominally right. I think he's came out and really the reserves, whether it's Tyus Jones, uh, Bielitsa, uh, Crawford has had a little bit of up and down, but for the most part, he's been a key contributor on this. I was solid in this game. Just as an example, you, this is one of the few few games where every single player top to bottom really helped out. Well, isn't that exactly what you need to beat the Spurs? And if you look at the box score, not a single player was, was minus in the plus minus, which, you know, that seems like a given when you win a game, but it isn't. If you just look at the like the past game, the Utah game, not everyone's in the plus. So there are there are going to be outliers. But in this case, every single player was a, a contributor to this win. Correct. And in speaking of diving into the box scores, the single most standoutish stat that comes to me is Carl Anthony Towns in 10 offensive rebounds. I think that's fantastic. I mean, again, a traditional cat and the six kid, offensive 20, rebounds. Six? Yeah, he had sixteen rebounds total, though. Oh, I'm I'm showing six defensive rebounds and ten offensive rebounds. Yeah, it's the reverse for oh, me. Well, you know, NBA.com for that key knowledge, right? Well, anyways, I but still, I digress. Six. Sixteen rebounds against the Spurs team, where traditionally it hasn't gone well for young towns. Still an unbelievable night. It's what gets the job done. What gets you the Wolves win, and and all things are pointing north, or all eyes are north. Is that what they say nowadays, Rob? Oh yeah, definitely. It was for the Wolves, anyways. All right, you want to go in some more on the Spurs game, or should we move on to the next? You know, I'll just go over a couple quick things. Shabazz Muhammad, I want to give him a shout out only because he's been really bad this year. I mean, he legitimately has not helped out much. Now, granted, he's not playing a whole lot and he's not having much of an impact on the game. But I just appreciate, as everyone knows, all the listeners know, I, I love me some Shabazz. So four or five from the field, nine points, one of two from three. He finally hits a three pointer. First he, one of the season. He was 0 of nine, I think, at that point. So it's not like he's shooting a lot of threes. Are but, you sure he is 0 for nine? It felt like 0 for a. About a million, Rob. I mean, he just never, ever seems to. And and you don't think they're going in when he shoots. That's part of the problem. But he was solid in this game in the limited minutes. So nine points, two boards. He gets an assist. Uh, you know, only one foul. He's a plus seven. So my, my big thing, I want to give him a shout out only because it's nice to see him be productive because that has not been consistent. So the, but like we talked about the bench in general was much better in this game and they've been good, but not as a whole. It seems like there's always one guy, maybe two guys on the bench that, that kind of struggle a bit. And we didn't see that in this game. I felt like we just wanted it more. So let's, let's hope that keeps, keeps ahead going forward the rest of the schedule. Yes. And I mean, things are rolling at this point. The wolves, um, are on a win streak. They come off a, a solid quality jazz victory. We beat the Spurs for the first time. And in, in as long as I can remember, and then we have Friday night and this was looking shaky at first. Now I'm talking about the wolves versus the Maz. This is Friday night's game. 
you know, if you were just to take this surface value, you'd say, oh my gosh, they just destroyed the Mavs. Now, let me tell you this. At one point in the game, I believe it was 82 to 78. And the Wolves went on a, a magnificent run to close us out. I mean, it was three after three, turnover after turnover. Probably played their best basketball of the season in a stretch. Um, they thoroughly whooped them up in that fourth quarter, outscoring them 37-15. And this was a 111-87 victory for your Minnesota Timberwolves. So I got a stat for you. Per Swanee, this is from the T-Wolves PR. The Wolves outscored Dallas 68-32, so a plus 36 in the second half. That's the largest difference for any half in club history. The previous high was plus 33 at San Antonio in 2002. So that just tells you how incredibly good that was. 2002. So that's 15 years ago. You haven't seen a Wolves dominating performance such as that. I couldn't believe it. I just kept going, another one. It's, I mean, just another three, another three. It was fantastic. And this win also gets us to the best 15-game start in franchise history. Well, it ties it. Again, the last time we did that, 0405. So this is a game that you kind of feel like you, you start to right the ship as a franchise just because you're starting to see things you'd expect from a team this talented well you know what let's bookmark this point in in this in the calendar and say you know draw a line in the sand this is where we're at you just said it best start since the 0405 which was really the last time we were relevant Correct. in the western conference this is a key moment in franchise history. You're setting records. The team is off to a fantastic start. I will tell you this. It, you know, my analysis of this team thus far with this season, they are gelling about as good as you can ask. You've seen some up and downs. You've seen a bit of erratic play, point guard, um, a little bench here and there, um, some some closing out, game management, you would say. None of which is really all that concerning for me because I really believe they have the roster and the tools to work through this. I mean, there's 16 games into the season off to the best start since 0405. What more do we want? Yeah, I mean, it's been really impressive. You know, let me ask you this. Don't look if you don't look at the box score. Who was the one player that was in the minus? Uh, If I have to guess. I would probably say um, Gorgie. Nope. Although he, he was close. And this goes back to what we talked about, how impressive the the win against the Spurs was because you had everyone contributing. Shabazz is a minus seven. And then no one else was a minus. But if you look at just the bench players, Tyus Jones was a just a zero. Gorgie Jang is a one. So if you look at the final score, and then you actually take a look at the plus minus. Now, normally plus minus is not good single game. If you look at one single game, it's usually not a good outlier of different things. But in this case, I think the plus minus tells the story of why the game was the way it was in, in the fact that it was kind of close in that third quarter a little bit. And then in the fourth quarter, we took over the starters were the reason for this game being as good as it was. Now, Jamal Crawford was a plus five. B elites has been solid. You know, he's a plus seven, but Again, like we talked about, there's always seems to be one or two guys on the bench that just don't show up on a nightly basis. And the two names for me that are consistently playing poorly are Shabazz and Gorgie Chang. They just look like different players from last year. Well, Gorgie, I think, had a couple good games earlier on in the season, but it has been inconsistent. I don't expect him to continue that trend. I really believe 
him diving into the role. Now, I just told you we were 16 games in. We should have a, a handle on this. Nonetheless, Gorgie, he's a pro. He's played international ball. He's been around. He played high-level college basketball. He He's going to work it out. Your boy, Shabazz, I, I'm concerned because I, I feel like not only do you have the Wolves fan base kind of turning in for, on him, it, you know, Thank, thankfully he's on a very cheap and team friendly contract because I worry about whether or not he's a candidate to be packaged up in a deal at some point down the road. I yeah, don't know if he's going to have, I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded, you know, because I, I think a team, you know, maybe I would, I would bet an Eastern conference team would say, Hey, cheap salary. We'll take him for a year. Try to see if we can resign him for the cheap, integrate yep. him with the team. You know, maybe he work, looks good in, the, in think, a magic uniform. I think Jang and Muhammad are both suffering from the same issue, that they, they need minutes to be successful. Boss specifically, this game is a good example. Only plays seven minutes, two shots. For a guy that's in there to score, he, he doesn't get the ball enough on this team. And I'm not saying he should get the ball more, but for him to be successful, I think there's things you have to kind of provide him with. And he doesn't get that on this team, which is why I think in the end, if he gets traded, I think it makes a lot of sense. Maybe going to a team that's a better fit. Here's my take on the bench right now. You have Crawford, who is what? An offensive juggernaut. Okay. Belly. What is he known for? Offensive firepower. He kind of does it all because he can play make as well. And he really is. And he is, he's developing and he's looking great. Tyus Jones, his offensive game has never been in question. Okay, so you have three guys right there that can all score. I would love to see more defense coming off. Imagine if you could have had a guy like P.J. Tucker coming off the bench. Now, granted, he got paid a ton of money, and it would have thrown off everything. But in theory, I'm saying a uh, P.J. Tucker-esque type of guy who's just give me some defense. If you could throw in an extra defensive guy into that mix— if if they can somehow find a partner where we can achieve that, you know, how good have, would have Tony Allen had been? Um, and they went after him. He I know. Oh, else. my goodness. Right. You know, if you could go, if you come to the trade deadline, I think what you're hoping for, if you're the Wolves, you're hoping Justin Patton, when he becomes healthy, I think you're hoping there's you can get something out of him. And when I say something, I just mean enough that you could maybe move on from Jang just because he's really been poor this year. And and a lot of people don't think he fits all that well necessarily with the scheme that we're using now and just the way the team looks. If you found a way to maybe move a Jang and a Boz for like a, de- a better fitting wing on the bench, I think that that could make a lot of sense. But again, the kind of the caveat is Patton because as much as I like Cole Aldridge as a person, I don't really want to rely on him as being the backup big. No, I, I told Kevin this the other night and it pains me to honestly say it, but Cole Aldridge might be one of the worst basketball players in the NBA. I mean, when I see him enter a game, it's like he just goes straight to the hook shot and that'll be it. I, you know, the other night, I watched him go to check in in garbage time. He never got a chance to check in, and then he just walked right back to the bench. That I was mean, this game, I think. Actually, it, oh my! It was. Oh, it was. It was this game. Mm-hmm. It was like I felt bad for him. It's like you know, I don't know um, what's happened, but I remember seeing him play with the Clippers, and even some time with the Knicks. We're like, dang, this guy's getting it done. I mean, ten points a game, ten rebounds, almost a double. Good double. defense. I mean, you he know? was. He was contributing. You know, when, when we signed him after he was with the Clippers, number one, at the time, you're thinking, wow, that was a really good money deal. Now, yeah. of course, you're like, that deal sucks. But he's just <laughs> not contributing. So it's, it's frustrating. Luckily, this is his last season. 
you know, you're not, it's not like he's here long-term. You're not, yeah. he's not some sort of big weight. He's another guy that maybe they look to move. Well, I, I don't even know if that'd be possible, but the, the good news for those listening here on dash radio is nothing but net channel. We are your go-to source for Timberwolves basketball, the howl. Why you want to hear this from us is let me tell you the wolves fan base needs to understand Cole Aldrich's contracts coming off the books. That means we're going to have that extra money freed up. That's a good thing, right? I don't think we have to force a trade or I think the possibilities are like, let's call it 0.05%. Right. Um, what else you want to talk about this Mavs game here? We got a little off track here, Rob. Sorry I think, about I think that. we've kind of covered most of it. I, I, you know, we, we were impressive to say the least, at least in the fourth quarter, obviously anybody you, you, from the Mavs do it for you. I mean, I've talked to you last time we played them outside of the rookie. Um, uh, was it Derek Smith? Uh, Dennis Smith, Jr. Dennis Smith. Yep. My bad, my bad. Um, I got I'm doing about 10 things here. Outside of Dennis Smith Jr., who, you know, three for 12, he had a bad game, but I really think is a hell of a basketball player. There's not one guy I see them trying to keep for a period of time. I mean, this roster is hot as a hot mess, and it reflects in the record at two and 14. If I'm not mistaken, there, it's the worst record in, in the entire NBA right now. I believe they're the worst. The guy, you know, the guy's kind of outside of the Bulls. Me. Harrison Barnes has not had a great season. I mean, he was pretty good last year. A lot more efficient, at least. There's just things about this Dallas team you don't like. I mean, I will say I still appreciate watching Dirk Nowitzki play. For how old he is, how long he's been in the league, he still plays at a relatively high level, even in this game, 15 points. Now, granted, he's one of five from three, and and he did have some open looks that he missed, and the Wolves are pretty fortunate there. But still, only minus four as far as the plus minus goes. If you watch Dirk, he still looks productive. So I, I at least... Let's say this is his last season. I at least want to be able to appreciate what an amazing player he was. He he really was. And I had a hard time when I was younger enjoying his game because it was it was so different than what I liked in basketball. I mean, I'm a, I'm a point guard. I'm a shooting guard. I like guard play. And I never got into everything he was doing. And plus, I really didn't like the Mavs back then. Sure. But. Now that I'm older and you can definitely look back at the highlights and I, you know, I really enjoyed his finals runs where you got to see him play at an absolute elite level. Um, He's a fantastic treasure to the NBA, right? Nash and and Dirk back in the day. I don't, I don't think most people fully appreciated what we were watching. That, that is a true statement, if anything, because I, I was that person, right? I think most of us were Nash during his MVP years. Like I barely, I could, I can't even really remember much of it, to be honest with you. Sure. Except when you go back in the highlights and you're like, wow, this guy was bouncing between people's legs and just diamond people off. His floater game was like, if, if it was NBA 2k, if it would have been a hundred, um, just an amazing talent. But nonetheless, the the Mavs are going to be up there for the, the number one pick. I mean, they're, uh, they're a mess. Let's, let's go to the game that we all want to talk about Rob. And this is the one loss we had on the week. And it was really a a heartbreaker. It was a bad loss. It was against the Detroit Pistons. We've already lost to them once. And at the time we thought, man, we lost to the Detroit Pistons. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Pistons are a good basketball team. Do not sleep on them. It's not a gimme win anymore. We should not think that way. However, the expectations are such now 
the Wolves should win this game. Not to mention when you're up by nine going into the fourth. Yeah, I, I it's frustrating. I, I, shout out to Jace Frederick, a uh, friend of the show. He's been on the show a number of times. Uh, he has a nice quote. So Thibs, when Thibs was asked twice, he was asked twice about this. Um, he said, on the struggles down the stretch, turnovers got us. And Jace's comment to that was, obviously he didn't say this to Thibs, but the Wolves actually didn't turn the ball over in the final six minutes and 58 seconds. So turnovers weren't your problem. It was no defense and you couldn't make shots. That's your problem. Well, in combo that with, you had told me the, was it 11 made? Can 11 it was, well, it was nine or 10 straight makes to end the game. Oh. And, and some of them were talking like really was actually pretty good defense, just really difficult makes. That's part of it. And, and I think let's, you know, let's bring up the, uh, the how hot topic we posted a we posted a poll in regards to this game specifically about what happened at the end of the game so the wolves obviously lose by end up losing by three points but so jimmy butler's at the line he makes his first two free throws and he goes to shoot his third and reggie jackson does this thing where he walks up next to basically next to butler calls his teammate over and they have a quick like back and forth like strategy. in front of him yeah but the whole point was clearly to ice jimmy butler and jimmy butler gave reggie jackson just this disgusted look like what are you doing dude and yeah. and we posted a poll and the, and the options were completely bush league fine by me meh kind of like you know doesn't matter who cares and still should have made it and by a lot still should have made it one 46 percent 10 percent said meh uh 23 percent said fine by me which you know it is what it is i guess there and then 21 percent said bush league i'm part of that 21 percent. i'm not a fan of that i don't think it's i don't think it's okay to do stuff like that it's kind of like I, I never understood i never like when like i used to coach high school basketball for a number of years i never liked when players would go to shoot a free throw and the guys on the line would clap or do that stuff I, don't do that don't do that. That's not, there's no reason to do that kind of thing. I'm just not a fan of that kind of play. It, it's a tough call. Um, I, let me ask you this, Rob, do you know which one I would have picked? Uh, you probably, I mean, you probably said it still should have made it and, and he should have, to be honest, I, I still think he should have made it, but it clearly bugged him. I said it was Bush league and I'll tell you this much me as a player. I would have been Reggie Jackson. I was that kind of guy when it all cost kind of guy. It, as long as it was within the bounds, if I wasn't getting penalized for it, I was going to do it. And and that's what I talk about consistently on this show is that until it's a thing, right, until there's a penalty, people are going to do it just as in life, just as in basketball. And it was a vet move. He got vet moved and he knew what was happening. And then it falls into the category of he still should have made it. I should have, you know, my problem, I think my big problem with this is they changed the rule. So the shooter, you know, used to have the shooter would kind of mosey on out past three point line, maybe give a guy a five quick Jordan, Jordan would do it all the time, all that stuff. So the shooter can't do that anymore. If the shooter's not allowed to do that, there's no reason why a defender's allowed to do that. Like the player shouldn't be allowed to do that. And we actually had someone respond uh, with an actual tweet back to us and they pointed out. Whether you whether you agree or not with what he did, he said his his real problem is there's the ref ready to hand the ball to Jimmy Butler, and I think it was Avery Bradley like jumps in the lane and and causes like the whole thing to really be stopped. And he said he had a bigger problem with that, but he said the problem is there's it's not against the rules technically. So what are you supposed to do? But it should be. That's my point. I think it should be because if a player can't leave the free throw line and go behind beyond the three point line, then there's no reason why a player should be able to enter that area. 
I just think that if nothing else, it should be some sort of a delay of game or something. It's it's a very tough call, and I would fall in the category of if they do penalize it, I would consider it a delay of game type of fall. Let me go back to the he should have made it point. That third free throw when you're shooting three is the hardest one to make. We talked about it before we started recording tonight. You know, when you're on a one and one or a two shot foul, that first one's the hardest one to make. It's something about when you have a three, three throws ahead of you, that last one, somehow your arm becomes just a little bit shorty. You right. tend to T-Rex it a little. It's, you think about it more. You do. It just happens. Um, I think Jimmy's a pro where his muscle memory is right there through the roof where he can do just about anything he needs to do. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a play. They had a chance to still win it in regulation, but the shot rims out and you have a disappointing Timberwolves loss. Rob, Jeff Teague played his worst game in a Wolves uniform. Do you agree? Well, I mean, he got nine assists. I guess there's that. And he was a plus three. The the weird thing about this game is, and this goes back to, I guess this isn't weird. This goes back to what we've talked about. Jeff Teague either plays really well or terrible. There's not like any middle ground. One for seven is just, it's like shameful. It's tough. And well, the big thing is over three from three, because he's been one of our most consistent three point shooters. You know, after Bielita, it's definitely been Teague. He's been that guy. He's shooting around 41% on the season going into this game. So you kind of rely on those points, and it obviously just didn't happen here. I, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really feel like he took a lot of bad shots, but you know, ten turnovers between him and Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's not good. Although, again, uh, Jimmy Butler played a great game. So this is why you know box score watching doesn't always really tell the story or really do do much for you. No, you're exactly correct. When you, when it comes down to an NBA game, it's all about, for me at least. The last two minutes of each quarter, we just had discussed the Wolves allowed 11 consecutive or no, excuse me, nine consecutive shots to end the quarter. Um, they did not even turn the ball over. The Wolves didn't for the last six minutes, even though that was Thib's excuse. I mean, they turned the ball over a lot for the game itself. Yes. Way more than they should have. But, but I, they were I, in the lead during that but Detroit time. did, too. It's goofy. I think this goes back to the fact that, again, we talk about how the bench needs to step up. But, you know, minus 10 from Boz, minus 6 from Jones, minus 7 from Crawford, uh, minus 7 for Jang. I mean, you need more production from that bench. Now, granted, they're not the ones that necessarily, you know, blew the lead. But at the same time, how much would you be up if the bench had played well? And then you would have given those starters a little more leeway. So I think long term, I look at this as kind of a a learning game where you see it and you go, all right, I think it's okay. Um, you know, you lose a game. You'd rather, this game doesn't make me as mad now, you know, game 16 as it would game 50. That's kind of part of it. It's part of the learning process. Fair enough. I, I can jump on that bus with you, Rob. I like that point. You know, here we go. It is what it is. A hundred to 97 the wolves lose to the Pistons. Um, you want to pre- preview some games with the folks here on uh, nothing but net. Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Um, Monday night, Wolves are taking on the Hornets. And really, what I think should be a Timberwolves win, I'll dive into all my reasons why. Um, you, you get Kemba Walker, um, who, was a, who just has played some very fantastic basketball. I think he just dropped 45, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, 47. 
uh, the other night. I think I mean, he's our guy against we, the Bulls. On this show, we, we're big fans of Kemba. He yeah. always finds a way. Now, Jeremy Lamb, is he still out? Um, that he got hurt recently. That I do not know, Rob. I can I can do some digging if you keep talking. No, that's all right. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it, but I think that just goes to, you know, you're already talking about a Hornets team that they haven't played great this season. No. Jeremy Lamb has played very well, probably his best season as a pro. Now, part of that was Batoon being out. When you know when when he's been out, you're obviously going to see more of Jeremy Lamb, and he starts. He's played really well, so that's a, a key cog. And if he's out, I think that just plays into your favor as a Wolves fan. It does most definitely. And and you touched on it. Batum's injury, I think, was very difficult for the Hornets to overcome, especially because it came very very near the start of the year. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like anticipated. You know, anticipated. <laughs> I like that. I like that. (laughs) It wasn't anticipated, guys. Um, It wasn't anticipated, and it just puts the team, you know, in in a reeling uh, fashion. The Hornets enter the game six and nine. Wolves are now ten and six on the year. Um, You want to pick a pick a winner here, Rob? I'm going to go Wolves win and a close one. Let's say like 105 97. All right. I'll go with that. Let me jump on it. I'll say uh, 101-96 Wolves win. Um, They will have the day off Tuesday. Uh, Here, you're listening to The Howl every Wednesday, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. The Wolves play tonight at 7 p.m. Home game, we're taking on the Magic. No, the Magic. Now, let's talk about them. They're having... A great start to the season. They've came back to reality a little bit. They're 500. What do you think is going to happen here? We get to see Aaron Gordon. I know your boy, uh, Nick Vucevic. You love him, Rob. He's been solid, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> that was kind of a joke. I, I feel like you don't give him enough love. But I'm not, a, I'm not a big Nick Vucevic fan, or at least historically. He's been really good this year. You know, For anyone that does fantasy, you definitely have seen you've reaped the benefits if you took a chance on Nick Vucevic, especially because you you could get him a little later. But overall, I don't think anyone anticipated the Magic to do much this season. And well, I think if you're who's the for your money, I think it's it's pretty obvious for me. But who's the MVP of this team right now? Jonathan Simmons. What? No. Yes. No. That's ludicrous. Well, outside of, outside of Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. What? Aaron Gordon's been phenomenal. Jonathan Simmons has been well worth his weight in gold um, signing the contract coming off from the Spurs. He was my number one target for the Wolves. But you thought he'd be good. Aaron Gordon has not been super consistent. And this season, he's been off the charts good. Which is why the he's three in, ball is crazy. Yeah. Is he still leading the league in, in three he's point not shooting? Not anymore, I don't believe. Well, Belly was there. Aaron Gordon was there. Two guys you really wouldn't expect to be there. And it wasn't like this just small sample size, they had shot a significant volume of threes. Yeah. They all qualified too. They actually qualified for the statistic, which is big. This is what I'm looking for in this game. Point guard play. The, the magic are rolling out Alfred Payton, DJ Augustine and Shelvin Mack. Tyus and Teague need to dominate that matchup. I, I think towns is going to have a big game. I'm not worried about Aaron Gordon, to be honest with you, because I think we can D him up properly. I, you know, I'm going to say here, Aaron, I'm going to guarantee a victory. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Do you want to wager how much here? Are we talking double digits? I'm, I'm going to go sneaker? 115 to 95. So we're going 20 point win. Wow. Rob's on the juice tonight. Okay. Hey, I'm, I'm jumping on the win wagon because you know what? That's the vibe I have for this team. I like these three in one weeks we got going on. And, 
I'm dialing up a win here against the Magic. Now, this is Wednesday night. Uh, Wolves again play at seven. We're going to all sit back, have a happy Thanksgiving, and eat and be with family and do whatever the heck we love to do. And Friday, we have the Heat here in town. I'll be at the game. So if you see me, come say what's up. The Miami Heat, seven and nine at this time that we're recording. They have played inconsistent. Um, Hassan Whiteside had been injured. He's a piece that the the Heat need him. James Johnson's been fantastic for him. Dragic has played well. I don't know if the Heat have what it takes to beat us. I don't know that they do either. I agree. So with that being said, Rob, I'm going to call Wolves victory. I think they can put these guys away early. And what I'm looking for, you know, we said we drew the line in the sand 15 games in. I'm looking for this team to start putting teams away and keeping them away, especially on a homestand. Correct. We've had, we have we have not had a lot of home games early on or at least not in a row. I think this is a true homestand. You need to actually win some games here. So I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a wolves win. Is there anybody from the heat that scare you? I mean, they've got, you know, kind of your standard guys that you like, you know, whether it's Whiteside, uh, James Johnson's that actually had a pretty Waiters. solid year, but for the most part, I, I'm not that worried. I, we're just a better team. Waiters. We are. We're a better team. Dion waiters is my X factor for the heat because he does have this ability where he catches heat. He catches fire. You know, it kind of comes out of nowhere, but he also has that characteristic where he will shoot you out of a game. Very confident player. Very confident. Yes. Um, All right. So three, you know, we're calling three consecutive wins here. Hornets, Magic, Heat. Now for the trap game, Rob, we go back. No, pardon me. We're still in town. This is Sunday. The Phoenix Suns are now in town again. If I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very angry if they somehow find a way to lose this game. <laughs> After it the way they happen, played right? in Phoenix and they and they just they really screwed up. Obviously, the way to be nice, uh, there's no way you can lose this game. There's well, just no way. Well, we get a true treat here in in Minneapolis. Um, our our beloved Minnesota Vikings. They play Thanksgiving, uh, so no football watching for me on Sunday because we have an early game. This is a two thirty game uh, at Target Center for your son. So jump to the game early. You got plenty of time pregame it, uh, grab something to eat around the area. The sons are in town. Could we be celebrating a nice wolves win streak here? I think so. All right. I, I have to say a win. I'm saying four. No, I think we go, we beat the Hornets. We beat the magic. We beat the heat. We come and we seal the deal against the Phoenix Suns. What do you think of our score? I think we light them up. I'm going to go 113.96. I'm going to go 120 to 90. Whoa. I want to blow these guys out. The team has to have that kind of mindset, considering what happened last time they played them. And I think that Jimmy Butler, Taj, I think Thibs, they're going to get these young guys on the right page. And what really happened? Why did we lose to the Suns? What went wrong so bad that... that, lots of stuff, right? Lots of stuff. Let's exactly. just say that. Well, that's where that was what I was trying to get at is they can, if they play the basketball that they've been playing, they should easily close this team out because Agreed. it's Devin Booker. It's TJ Warren. After that, what else do you got? 
finish this team off early and don't let up. Let the starters do something. I want 20 plus minutes from belly. Is that too much to ask? Nope. I think consistently he should be getting more minutes and I think he will eventually. Yes. Well, there you have it. There's the, the week ahead for your Timberwolves. We got a a slate of the Hornets, the magic, the heat and the suns. This is the first quarter here on the howl. You are listening to nothing but net on dash radio. in school. It don't even matter, I was acting a fool. But who would think the raps would turn into racks? Don't matter, matter of fact, it could happen to you. Scars on my head, I'm the boy who lived. The boy love playing when the boy too sick. Reclining on a prayer, I'm declining in help. I've been lying to my body, can't rely on myself, but no. Last year, I got addicted to Zan. Start forgetting my name and start to miss my chance. LA for four months, end up leaving right back. I'm in love with my city, bitch, I'm sleeping my hat. Uh, I felt hog tied ever since my dog died. He lit an 84, damn, that's a long ride. I know he up there, he just sit anyway. I'll be racing up the stairs, I'ma get to the gate singing.
move on water like children at the altar like God inside my house. I love you, I love you, you looking holy like mama. You made a church out of feathers, so when she fly to the father, she know the choir gon' follow and all the offering paid. She gave my name away to your holy house. She like my blessings in disguise. She like a Jesus mountain high, so he can watch her lonely child. I know my God. I know my God in his grace and his ashes, a jagged forgiving that painted his city in gold. Like everything is everything, like all them days he prayed with me, like emptiness was tamed in me. And all that was left was his love. And all that was left was his love. And all that was left was his love. is our Timberwolves talker segment, the nothing but net channel on dash radio. Uh, that was chance. The rapper with finish line uh, drown the intermission music before quarter two here on the howl. This is our wolves talker segment, guys. This is where we cover all things wolves. We take a look at general NBA topics, whatever's hot. This is where we break it down. Uh, first off guys, I'm going to hit this one. Cause this was fresh Monday night here. Uh, when we uh, went to start recording, it is now official. Zach Levine has returned to practice. Hand claps. Fantasy team. I've got him at least one. Hand claps. Yeah, uh, really great to see him back practicing. Now, he's probably not going to see the court for a while here still, but it's uh, it's it's got to be great for his mentality, and it's it's great to see him kind of coming back and getting ready to play some basketball again. Um Really, really happy for the kid. Yeah, very rare that uh, a team that I cheer and root for that will, will trade away an asset. And I really wish the best for them, you know, in, in terms of their career. I want them to succeed because let's face it, if Zach Levine goes on to be a superstar and Jimmy Butler, you know, granted, he's played well for us, but it'll just be like, oh, he could have had Zach still. Right. I I didn't want to trade him, but given everything that happened, 
it, you'll take it, right? You, yeah. You're willing to roll the dice, see what happens. Uh, it's a fair risk. The injury ha- played a lot. I think ultimately the franchise received fair return uh, for an injured asset, which was uh, Zach Levine. But all the best to him. Wish him uh, a continued uh, healthy recovery. And uh, go, Zach. Yeah. There we go. Uh, one other thing I want to touch on here uh, before we get into kind of the substance stuff. Uh, the month of October, the Wolves defense ranked 30th in the league. Straight fire. Uh, through Sunday night basketball games in November, the Wolves rank. Uh, either of you know this? 30th. Wait, sorry. So, so defense you're talking about. Defensive ratings. The Wolves ranked 30th in Oct- for the month of October through Sunday's games. What is their defensive rank for the season? No, just for the, for the month, for the month. I'm going to say seven, 26, Rob, you are the closest. It is fourth. Damn it. The Wolves so I saw it fourth in defense in the month. I of saw November. it on, I saw it somewhere when we were, when we were prepping. Yep. I could, I knew it was top 10 somewhere. Yeah. So do you know what they are for the year? No. 22nd. Seriously. They've moved up 22nd. Yep. Oh, you know what? I mean, that's, we we knew that it was going to be a process, but we can we can start to see some growth in this month, and and seeing that kind of a a jump for this team, uh, I think is absolutely great. If they can sustain it, and I would say finish in the upper half of the NBA for the month, I will take that as a success for the month. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, that's all you can ask for is that the team just starts to improve, and they've done that. Exactly. And it's I think the two biggest uh, catalysts for this defense uh, are Andrew Wiggins and Kat. And they just kind of need to need to step up a little bit more. Um, So now NBA.com released an article called the old school power rankings uh, 2017 2018 season. This is week three and four. They do a top 10 uh, every week or every couple weeks of of guys over the age of 32 and how they are playing so far this season, they rank them. Uh, so number, we'll start with number 10, go all the way up to number one. Uh, first off, guys that just missed the cut, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, J.J. Barea, Pau Gasol, and Marcin Gortat. That's a, just, just missed the cut. That's a good list. That yeah, is. It is. Uh, so number 10 on this list, Philadelphia 76ers shooting guard, J.J. Redick enters the top 10 for the first time. Uh, last week in six uh, or two, two weeks, last two weeks, six games, 17.2 points per game, three and a half rebounds, five assists for JJ Redick. That's not bad. You know, he's a, he's that veteran presence in that Sixers team that they sorely needed. And the Sixers are off to a good start. We've seen that. And JJ Redick is a key contributor to that success. Yeah. I, you know, it, it would, it would be in place of Jamal Crawford, but I could, I mean, I would I would wonder what he would do with this with this Wolves team if he was on it. He'd be fantastic. I think that would have been a great addition for us. Um, Too expensive, and to, though. And to hear that we didn't offer him anything does kind of hurt a little bit. Well, I understand. I mean, the money thing was a huge factor. Well, I think probably once they heard what the going rate was going to be, it was uh, probably a quick decision for the franchise. Yep. Uh, number nine on the list who came in not ranked in the first set of rankings from the New York Knicks. Courtney Courtney Lee. Uh, starting and averaging more than 33 minutes a game. He scored in double figures in four consecutive games uh, and shooting a career high 47.2% from three point land. I've always liked Courtney Lee's game. Um, he, he sort of in my eyes has been like the poor man's Avery Bradley. 
with that being said, I don't, I'm not surprised by where he's at on the list. Although I will say there are some players that are left off that many would, you know, just passing by or brushing over this article think, uh, deservedly would be higher than Courtney Lee, but nonetheless, there he is at number eight, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list from the Sacramento Kings. He has started every game this season, averaging 25 and a half minutes and is on pace to almost double his three point, uh, makes for the season. Zach Randolph, the big, big Zebo from the Sacramento Kings that I'm very surprised with, to be honest with you. Um, I know he's a good player. I thought he was over the hill. I thought the reason he moved on to the Kings was to more or less kind of mentor and backseat it all yep, the way through. No doubt. And especially, especially with the off season uh, issue that he dealt with, I would have thought that had been a, a recipe for, you know, seeing some bench time. I thought more Scalabi Sierra would have been the ticket. Um, it, it, they haven't been playing him as much. And th- those are fantastic numbers. Evil's putting up. You can't, uh, you can't discredit that, but there's no, to me, there's no benefit as a rebuilding team. I, I just never understood the signings that they made this offseason season. those veterans. I would have just given the reins to the young guys. I get, you have to have some veterans, which is fair, but they're giving a lot of meds to Zach Randolph. When I think most fans would probably prefer to see, like you said, scal or, you know, Willie Colley Stein, just those young big men. I'd be giving them more minutes as opposed to these vets, but to his credit, in the minutes he's playing, he has played well. I just don't know that it's the best option for a rebuilding team. I know what we could do. We could get uh, fellow nothing but net channel uh, analyst, uh, our Kings representative, Vince Miracle. We should get him on the show. Have him give us a scoop on what's up with Zebo and and the Kings. I, I know would that's love a to team. hear what's going on on Sacktown there. Yeah, uh, number seven on the list plays for the Houston Rockets. Came in unranked in the previous rank. Uh, Last week's stats, seven games, 14 points, five rebounds. Trevor Ariza. It's like he doesn't age. You know, yeah. I I would say, how old is he? 34? 30, 32. 32. Yes. I mean, you know, I remember him. He had this breakout stretch of games with the Lakers running into the playoffs. They just put him on the map. Um, you know, and then he signs a big offseason deal in, in Jets. Felt like ages ago that Trevor Ariza was Didn't relevant. It? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's continued to put up solid numbers. I think really what it is to be to be absolutely clear with you guys. I think he's in the perfect offense for him. You couldn't ask for a better situation. A player of his type and skill set to be in that Houston offense. Yeah, 100 percent. He was really one of the best initial kind of modern three and D kind of guys you saw, you know, could get out quick and transition, um, had some good wing length and, and really just shot the three ball at a a solid percentage and rate. Uh, Moving up on the list. He plays in the West, the last six games, 16.8 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists. He plays for the Denver nuggets. He is Paul Millsap. I mean, that's 32 years old. Not great numbers, though, for how much he's getting paid. That's correct. Uh, he did. He did bounce back after uh, a little six point night with four straight games of 16 or more. 
and had six blocks against the Thunder. That's um, more like it. A week and a half ago against uh, the Thunder. It almost seems like how can Paul Millsap only score six points in a game? Yeah. Um, with that being said, he, he's an all he's an all star level player that has been given a, a great opportunity there in Denver. Like Rob said, you know, those stats for the money, it starts to become a little bit washed out. I will say with that being said, it's it's a thing with a young team having that caliber of player on the roster, I think is a huge uh, intangible benefit in, in terms of locker room presence um, on court presence. And, and from there, there's just a lot that can be done um, in regards to just mentorship. Yeah. Uh, number five on the list, we're going to play a little bit of a guessing game. So Rob, I was wondering look, what you were up to Kevin. Look, look over uh, the other way, please. If you would uh, playing a career high 30 and a half minutes, shooting 53.6% from the field, uh, 83% from the line. He is averaging uh, on the season 10.1 points, seven rebounds, five double-doubles already this season. Plays for the Western Conference, a Western Conference team. Who am I describing? Who am I? Rob's going Taj first. Taj Gibson? Aaron? Oh, that's a really good... I think Rob's right. Rob is right. It is Taj Gibson. They say that maybe the brisk Minnesota air has reinvigorated him. He is on pace to break his career high of 18 double doubles this season. And he is 32 years old. They are using him properly. I think they're giving him a lot of Taj Gibson esque looks, you know, that baseline 16 footer, um, some pick and pop stuff, roll into the basket can I just say, I thought he was way older than 32. Did you see? I remember Taj Gibson playing James Harden at the Metrodome. It would have been uh, in the NCAA tournament round of, I think it was like 32 or 16 or so. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Um, I just remember telling somebody it was, it was more it wasn't so much talking about James Harden. It was talking about Taj Gibson, but anyways. Uh, so next up on the list uh, was ranked fourth last week is ranked fourth this week. Uh, 20.1 points per game this season, 6.2 rebounds. Seems to be enjoying his new Western conference team. Mr. Carmelo Anthony, you know, mellow, I think finally made a good career choice. You know, the nuggets, he could have had success there. Um, he, he leaves them hanging runs to New York. I never saw the New York thing panning out for him. I always wondered, you know, there was rumors of him going to the bulls when the bulls were legit. I thought that would have made some sense. I love the thunder move to pick him up. I think it, it puts him on a contending team if the Thunder dial it in, they could beat anyone any given night. That's how good that team is. Now they're thin off the bench. That's my opinion of the of their team. But that starting five is as elite as, elite as it gets. Yes, absolutely. They, every, you know, everyone thought that they were just going to gel right away. It took a little bit for them to uh, to kind of come into their own, but now they are going to definitely be a trouble. 
in the Western Conference come playoff time. Number three on the list, 22 points per game, 8.3 rebounds. Another Western Conference big man who is 32 plays in the Greg Popovich system, LaMarcus Aldrich. I, I, he's been he's been really solid this year. He's really starting to come into his own too, and maybe part of that is he was forced to step up, you know, with Kawhi Leonard being out. Yeah, because if you think about last year, a lot of people were thinking, well, look, Aldridge might be out from the Spurs. They might they were look, the rumor was they were trying to trade him. There was definitely a lot of negativity surrounding him, and I think he started to right that ship, which is good. Yeah, the off season uh, contract extension for him was was huge. It kind of caught me by surprise. Kevin, it's, it's definitely uh, watching him in that first game against the Wolves. You know, you, you, you kind of thought to yourself, this is the LaMarcus that we saw in Portland where LaMarcus had to more or less carry that team. And why, couldn't, why couldn't it work in Portland? I mean, that Portland team right now, granted, they have I they have mucked up that whole salary cap and they're yes. still trying to get the hell out of it. But L.A. with Dame and C.J., man, oh, man, that I felt like that was – I was looking forward to that, and I feel like NBA fans, we kind of got robbed from what that could have been. We'll never know. No, we never will, and it would be, it would be one of those things. It would, be, it would be pretty crazy to see just how, you know, how that game could actually go, how that team could actually do – you got Dame, you got CJ, and you got LaMarcus. That's a that's a pretty darn good big three. But the money that those three would eat up, I mean, you would have to have G League guys round out that roster. A couple yeah. of vet mins. But that would be a fun squad to watch, nonetheless. 100%. Right, who, um, you got, who do you got next here, Kevin? Next up on the list, number two, uh, my boy Mark Gasol, averaging 20.1 points per game. Uh, 35 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, and, uh, he is setting career highs in several categories, uh, this season with only four double doubles or no, sorry, four double doubles away from matching all of last season's total. It seems well. this is another thing that seems like a long time ago. Remember when Paul was the, was the better Gasol? Yeah, it seems like it's been a handful of years since that's been the case. Mark has really stepped into into his own. He's re- redefined his game. He's added some long range shooting, and and really refined every offensive aspect of his of his basketball game. He's had a fantastic career, and I I, I love watching him play because it's always quality. Yeah, he's a solid player. I mean, he's one of those guys that you. I think they've done a pretty good job putting some complimentary pieces around him too. 100% and they're that's a that's a team that's definitely uh surprising people that they're still up towards the top of the uh the Western Conference at this point in time. Number 1 on the list is it really a surprise? LeBron James, 28.3 points, 7 rebounds, 8.7 assists per game. He's the man. LeBron James is a fantastic basketball player as we all know and yeah, who else could you imagine that would supplant him on that list? Yeah. Nobody. All right, let's uh, let's get into a couple other things. Carl uh, Anthony Towns named Player of the Week for the Western Conference this last week. Congratulations to him. 
uh, absolutely uh, tearing it up on the offensive side of things. Howell hand claps for him. Howell hand claps. Cat and kittens all night for Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Uh, Rob, let's get into a tweet. Uh, looks like it's from Chris Mannix. Yeah, uh, this is just kind of a so it's two man game is what the video is called. A Tom Thibodeau coach team struggling defensively, and they actually talk with uh, the White Mamba. So it's a cool little video. Brian Scalberry. So if you take a look uh, at Chris Mannix, he's the one that tweeted it out. Um, and it's just like a two, three minute video. It's definitely worth watching, but they both agree that the Wolves have obviously some room to improve. But Scalberry points out how the Wolves have, when they play really good defensively, they play really good defensively. So it's one of those things where we're just, he feels they're not there yet, but he thinks they're going to get there. He thinks that specifically Towns is gonna is gonna really be good defensively. He thinks he's gonna figure it out. And when when we when we become good defensively and more elite on that end of the floor, he 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 said, "Watch out!" So it's a it's a really cool video. What do you guys think about that? Do you think uh, they're gonna keep continuing the improvements on defense based on what we talked about to start? I, I would say I think we're all in agreement that it, it's really going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean the the numbers that I threw out early on with the Wolves going from thirtieth for the month of October to uh you know 18 days in 19 days in being fourth ranked in defense i think it's coming around i think it took a little bit longer than a lot of us anticipated it would take but we all know that thibs's defensive system is a little bit more intricate and i said early on too when we first hired tibbs that you know when he was with the bulls the first season with the bulls his numbers were high and he's made progress every year since when he when he coached them and we needed to be patient with it um I love to see the Wolves in this position right now. Aaron? The Wolves can most definitely improve. The key for me is their fourth quarter defense, and a secondary goal would be to finish in the top 10 at the end of the season. I think if they're finishing in the top 10, combine that with the offensive power that they have. Offensively, I see no issues with them scoring, although we've had some moments of lapse. My key for the Timberwolves in the success for this team is on the defensive end. I think they can pull it together, move into the top 10, and that would be huge. Here's a cool stat for you. Andrew Wiggins has a better defensive rating. It's 105.3 than Clint Capella and Marcus All. He also ranks in the top 100 league-wide in defensive win shares. He's number 98 at .033, ahead of players like MKG, Winslow, Marcus All, and Ricky Rubio. So just kind of a cool stat. I don't know that it necessarily tells you the whole story, but still, I mean, it's it's going in the right direction for these guys. That's All right. what you want. Here's one for you. How old is Andrew Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins is, what, 22? Okay. How good of a defender were you at 22? I mean, I was, I, I'm, I'm still a great defender. What do you as elite about? as I am now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I'm The point I'm trying to make is you get better with age. You become smarter. You are able to anticipate better. It's like many things in life. You've seen this before, right? You're, you learn the player's tendencies. There's, there's not much that should catch you off guard. And things that you have to traditionally focus on as a young basketball player become second nature as you become a veteran. Yeah. And Andrew Wiggins will mature as the season goes on. I think he's going to learn a tremendous amount um, through osmosis in some manners and some by learned behaviors just by playing alongside of Jimmy Butler. 
Let me springboard this quick into just two quick Wolves specific things. Go for it. So uh, in the Pistons game, they show this graphic on FSN. So they have three lineups. They based it off a big lineup, spread lineup, small lineup. So the big lineup, their offensive rating is 109.1. Their defensive rating is 106.8. So a a net rating of plus 2.3, which not great, but not not bad by any means. Small lineup, 93.1 offensive rating. 139.2 defensive rating, negative 46. So absolutely terrible when they go small. Don't do that. He was talking about how they don't do it a lot, but it's bad when they do. Uh, But the spread lineup, 107.9 offensive rating, 98.6 defense rating, plus 9.3. Very impressive. So that's kind of a cool stat. And it kind of talks about, like we've been saying, it's been going the right direction. And the spread lineup specifically deals with Bielitsa being on the court as that stretch four as opposed to, you know, the starters, just just as a, a specific. Now, the springboard off of that, Carl Towns home and road splits. So at home, 25.7 points per game, 57% shooting from the floor. On the road, 18 points per game, so almost eight points less and 52.1% uh, from shooting twos or shooting, shooting field goals in general. Boy, that really shocks me. Yeah, that's that's actually that's pretty surprising. I would think he'd be more cons- consistent than that. And whenever I played, I know it's it's a varying degree of road. Um, what would be the term? Pressures, noise, you know, crowd, you know, how hyped up the team gets. It really depends on what team you're playing. But I always tried to play better than ever on the road. Because I, I thought I had to give it everything I had and then some to it was almost like a prove them wrong, you know, prove it to myself. Yeah. And and I wanted to take the crowd out of the game. That was always my goal was to I wanted the crowd to almost like turn on me. Um, it, and it's, you know, and it kind of almost always worked for me. But, sure. you know, I never played in the NBA. So what can I say about that? But Rob. Let me uh, let's take this moment. Uh, we talked about this in the intro. Uh, a new segment we're going to try out. It's a uh, dilly or chili. Yes. So this is based off uh, at least this week. Anyways, we're going to base it off of CBS Sports, their uh, NBA power rankings, their current ones. So basically, we'll say a team. Are they going to keep being good? So dilly dilly. Or are they going to, you know, be bad? Chili chili. Or, you know, once we get down the list in the power rankings, are they going to, you know, get better? Dilly dilly. So it's kind of a hot and cold. Okay. Sounds good to me. I like right. it. So we're not going to do every team because that would take forever, but we'll go through some of the, some of the teams here. So Boston, Boston's been on fire this season. What are you guys thinking? Chili chili. They got to cool off at some point. They can't keep, keep up this win streak. I do like them in the long run. So you don't think that long-term they'll be the best team in the East. I do, but I, I think from where they're at right now, there's only yeah. one place to go by a little it's gonna bit. Be a little, it's kind of like when a team shoots really good in the first half and you're like, they can't keep it up. Yeah. They got to come down to the average here a little bit. What are you thinking? I'm going to say dilly dilly. Um, I saw a stat that said dilly dilly. Uh, come on. You got to have some enthusiasm here. Dilly dilly. I wasn't just going to force feed a dilly dilly, but sure. No, I, I, I saw a stat somewhere that said um, teams that have gone on 10 plus win streaks you know, kind of to, to at, the, or at the early on stages of the season have been in the finals. Uh, it was some absurd number of times out of the amount of times that it's actually happened. Well, it's probably take every LeBron James for the last 10 years. And I really like them. And I think this team is a cohesive unit. And that's that's the biggest thing is 
we see it with the Wolves. You can have all the talent, but cohesion is a big thing, and that chemistry is a big thing. The Boston Celtics have that, and the fact that they have that with, you know, basically trading for a new point guard, what, less than a month before the season started, and you lose your star small forward on night one, like, that's scary. That is 100% scary, and this team is not going to slow down. Uh, The Celtics, uh, absolutely dilly-dilly. Among many reasons why the Celtics are doing fantastic this season is that new point guard they traded for that is a man on a mission. I don't know what the mission is. Maybe it's to find the curvature of the earth. It could be um, to win MVP, which he very likely could be in that conversation at the end of the season. Two other aspects, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. These picks by the Celtics are setting up this team for a long tenure of success in front of them, which is making the Gordon Hayward loss all that much more palatable for the Boston Celtics. They are hitting on all cylinders. They have a perfect balance of grit and grind players, skill players, uh, positional players, two-way players. The roster is, is about as trimmed up and fit top to bottom as you'll see in the NBA. Are you changing yours then? No, I was, I was taking it in the contents of you, you can't just go on this big, long win streak and just, you know, they're going to have to lose a couple. Yeah, I think come they're, they're going to cool off. I'm going to go uh, chili chili. Yep, I think that's fair. All right, let's move down the list a little bit. Uh, let's look at our Timberwolves. They actually have us ranked fifth. And power rankings? They Yes, yep. Woo! Yep. Now, now, this is, you know, before today's game. But this is this is after yesterday's game. But I just, oof, I don't know. We haven't. Pl- Here's the, the goofy thing: is I don't really feel like we've played all that well, and and we're still fifth. So I think we're gonna stay a top ten team and play better. So I'm gonna go dilly dilly, dilly dilly, um, chili chili. I'm gonna go chili chili in this. <laughs> um, so you just like saying it, God. He does. I, he does. Know, I knew I, this I was gonna be the it. case. This is this is awesome. Um, I gotta say chili chili on this for the sole purpose of uh, kind of what I said about the Celtics is that this Wolves team has a lot of talent, but still lacks the true cohesion of a dangerous squad. Uh, the fact that Jeff Teague has had a, has had more off nights than good nights is scary to me. Uh, Jimmy's not scoring at the clip that he used to. I get Wiggins and towns are the face of this team, but, uh, Butler's production has been down. I love belly. I love the bench stepping up, but the bench need to step up as much as they have been as of late. Therefore chili chili. I, I, for me, I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm going dilly because, I think they've outperformed where they, where some people probably thought they would be just because I think when you overhaul your roster as much as we did, it's expected you're going to have some chemistry issues. So maybe we don't love where they're at right now because, you know, we were so impressed with how they started. But I think going forward, you're going to see them start to play better on defense like we talked about. And so I think they're going to stay a top 10 team for most, if not all of the season. Aaron, what are you thinking? Uh, didn't I already say chili chili? You want to, so you want to hear my, yeah, anal- gotta, anal- you your, some, uh, yeah, we got to know why we want some analysis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Chili chili because five, I think is high. They haven't looked like a top five team to me. 
doesn't mean they can't get there. It's just I haven't seen enough from them. So ask me about this. Maybe give me another 15 game sample. I agree, by the way, that top five is too high for them. I'm just saying I think they'll stay a top 10 team. That's that's all. That's my point, which is why I can't go high on them right now. Sure. Now here's one. When we move on to this next team. Uh, so the 76ers, uh, I'll just tell you what they say here. They go, holy wow. Ben Simmons and Joel and beat are fun. Philadelphia is struggling to put together consistent wins as most young teams do, but their flashes of what they can be has fans of the process excited. Eight is high for me, but again, similar to the wolves. I do think they're going to be in like that eight to like 12 or 13 range for most of the season. I'm, I'm very high on the Sixers. Dilly 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 dilly. I love the 76ers. I have been on this bandwagon now for a couple of years. I'm happy to be a part of it now. Uh, the Sixers are quite possibly my favorite Eastern Conference team, uh, and they are right up there in my top NBA teams. I am a huge Joel Embiid fan. I am a huge Dario Saric fan. I am a huge Timothy Luwawu fan. And now you throw in a guy like Ben Simmons and uh, JJ Redick on this team. They're going to be They're a team to watch. that you are going to have to worry about for years to come as long as Joel Embiid can stay healthy. And oh, by the way, they still have Jaleel Okafor on the bench with wow. no, with no real plans of trading him in sight from what we've and heard. You've gotten nothing from Markel Fultz. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's, there's lots of reasons to be very dilly here. What about you? What say you, Aaron? Dilly dilly. <sighs> the, the ranked eighth. But again, it's not all about like, are they going to stay at eight? Like, but do you think like, am I high on the team for the rest of the season? Yes. I mean, if you think they're going to be end up being more in like the 15 to 20 range, I think it's it's probably not so dilly. Yeah, I, I have to go chilly, chilly. I think they fall um, a bit in the pace. I worry that in the next week or two or three or four, not wishing bad on anybody. It just seems like that injury bug is going to creep in. And next thing you know, you're going to have Embiid on a, a strict minute restriction or something. It just... I haven't seen enough from the Sixers. I mean, yeah, this is the best the Sixers have looked in as long as I can remember. You got to think I was the guy that was sitting at target center when the Wolves had a chance to beat them for the worst opening start to an NBA season. And it was the worst Wolves basketball game I ever went to. And they lost 85 to 77 to the Sixers. That's what I think of when I think of Sixers basketball. The, seeing these highlights recently, yes, love that. Looks amazing. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. Take it for what it's worth right now. Long term, I don't know if they can sustain it. All right. Well, so let's move down the list a little further. So the OKC Thunder, eighteenth. OKC has yet to pick up a significant win. It blew a twenty-three point lead to the Spurs on national TV, but it's winning games against bad teams right now. If the Thunder can weather the storm and figure out their issues in the clutch, then they can still be really good. I think this team's on the upswing. I think they're going to get better. We just talked about this, so I don't think we need to go in depth, really. But I'm going to say dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Of course, Kevin. The OKC Thunder will be a top 10 NBA team come the end of the regular season. Let's hope so. So dilly dilly to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're all in agreement. Have a dilly. Well, dilly I, dilly. I mean, they're what? What did Rob say? Eighteenth. They gotta get better than that. Stephen yep. Adams. There's only they're not going further down. I just it's not realistic. I would hope not because I would be in 
utter panic mode if I was anybody within the Thunder organization if this kept happening. So let's uh Sam Presti's head would be on a platter at that point. What more could you do? By the way, if it does not get better in OKC and for whatever reason Fire they're dumb sale? enough to get rid of Sam Presti, if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I I find some way to bring in Presti and and do whatever it takes to get him on board. Sam Whoa. Presti has done wonderful things for OKC. Whoa. The Wolves would be lucky to have him in the front office. Whoa. Let's go. Now let's go to the, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, nothing like that. That's, that's pretty it's not, extreme. It's not going to no, happen because no, no. OKC is not Kevin with a bad the team. Behind the sky I comment. Mean, when you fall day. asleep tonight, Kevin, you can make it happen in your dreams, but that's about it. I'm going to make it happen in NBA 2K18. Well, that's fair too. That's fair too. Boom. All right, let's do one last team here. In our dilly dilly or chili chili, Kevin just here. boomed me in a riffraff T-shirt. God, I wish we could. We gotta tweet this out, bro. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta see it glows. This shirt glows in the dark too. Oh by the way, oh my gosh! All right, Hold remember on, guys, I'll, this is uh, this is the howl. Yeah, remember guys, nothing but net. Remember, channel. don't forget. Don't right. forget you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and Kevin Draves is still wearing a glow in the dark riffraff shirt. Hit us up. All right, so we're, we're going to tweet this out because this shirt is awesome. <laughs> oh, this what? is this is the last one here for for this segment. Number twenty six, yeah, the Clippers. Patrick Beverly is expected to return Monday night against the Knicks, and he can't come back soon enough. The Clippers are in an absolute free fall right now, and they don't appear to have any answers to solve this slump outside of injured players coming back. The defense has completely fallen apart. I think we're all pretty much in agreement that we're not fans of the Clippers. We haven't been for years. And I'm going to say dilly dilly for two reasons. One, this is where they belong, and I love it. But that dilly dilly is saying that they're going to be on the upswing, right? No, no. I'm just, no, not necessarily. In this <laughs> instance, I'm saying dilly dilly because this is right where they're going to stay. They're not going to really drop any further. They're just going to kind of stay at this, you know, towards the end, maybe, maybe a little more in mediocrity. Dilly dilly. I agree with Rob that they're going to stay the exact same. Maybe a couple spots. They will miss the playoffs. And fully fire sale moving yep. Blake Griffin West and DeAndre is too, Jordan. West is too good. Yep. And Blake Griffin's going to go to an Eastern Conference team. And I'm still chilly chilly on them because they, they're just going to So keep, they're going to be worse? They're going to somehow like be the worst team in the whole league? No, they're just going to keep being this. It's, well, that's we, dilly, dilly, dilly then. Dilly, dilly, then. No, 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 no. Like they're in like like NBA purgatory guys. I mean, they're just that's fair. Floundering. Right. What could be more? So much just like saying dilly dilly. What could be more <laughs> maddening than obviously than having a team that has a couple stars on it that you just can't ever get anything. Oh yeah. It'd be like being a Timberwolves fan for the last four years. Yeah. We know what that's like. <laughs> Actually, we would have said we would have taken mediocrity. Yeah. Right? Oh God. Yeah. Uh, let's get into um, another, uh, another topic here. Uh, I'm sure you guys both saw the video. There was a fight that broke out during the LA Lakers game. Uh, who did the Lakers play that game? Shoot. I can't think of who it was offhand. Doesn't he, it honestly doesn't even matter for the purpose of the story, but uh, <laughs> the four Lakers starters all uh, uh, basically got involved and your fifth Lakers starter Lonzo ball walked away. He walked to the bench. The sun was it? I think it was the Suns. Yeah, that's because it was. I think it was Devin Booker. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on this? Bugs. It bugs me. It bothers me. I think I've talked about this in the past. I've played in basketball games where I've gotten physically, you know, you know, you're close to throwing down. I think we've all had that happen, right? And I've been in games where 
I had someone four times my size that just would, you know, shove me or do something that, that, you know, got under my skin and I get in that guy's face or I, I kind of do something chippy back at him. And I've had teammates not back me up, not only not back me up, tell me I'm wrong. That's not what being a teammate is about. You so need to have your teammates backs. And I guess bugs me. I got the backstory here with three minutes remaining uh, in the game. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and Tyler Eulis got into a shoving match. Uh, that prompted the four other sons on the court to rush over and defend Eulis. Most of KCP's teammates came over, um, but the cameras walk, caught Lonzo Ball walking right past the, uh, the, the scuffle, right towards the Lakers bench. Uh, he would later in the locker room go on to say, it's the NBA. People ain't really going to fight. I ain't trying to get no tech. Which, for anyone that uh, enjoys the English language, that means he's trying to get a tech. But bad grammar aside... That I just this bugs me. Does this not bug you guys? This bugs. This honestly bugs me. By the way, this is our how a hot topic for so hashtag yes. how a hot topic. Look for this this week. We'll put a poll up. But it bugs me. So so the I, hot topic is should I stay or should I go now? Basically, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people. Not just in basketball, but I actually do it in softball too. Um, I've been in a couple where just it gets chippy and a little bit of a shoving match starts and you got to stick up for your teammates because <laughs> well, I hope so. You're like six, five, like 200 something here, Kevin. I hope you'd stick up for something. I hope you stick well, up for Tyler Eulis. That's, who's that's like five foot six, like one sixty. That's I mean, beside the point though. I mean, like a like, butterfly out you, there. You stick up for a teammate because you want them to have your back as well. And you got it. You got to protect your guys. And for Lonzo to just walk away like that, that's a huge red flag in my mind. How many times over the years have you seen Wolves teams? So if you look back, oh, do you guys yeah. remember when the, the Rubio days? Uh, well, do you guys remember when, when Michael Bell. Beasley got thrown to the ground by uh, Andrew Bynum and no one cared? Oh like, yeah, no one cared. You've got Kevin Love, you got Peck on the floor, guys that should be getting up and getting in his face. And literally, all they did was just were like, "All right, let's not do anything. Let's just like let's." They just didn't stop even this. like rush to like go get him. They it was nothing. They and got love. Bugs me. So much. Think of it, last it, year with Rubio and Pat Bev started punching at the ball. Yeah, the only thing that happened was guys like kind of stepped in and were like, you know, kind of breaking them up. Right. But no one went in and got to his to defense, which is why I love Jimmy Butler because you know Jimmy Butler's getting in there. Oh, uh, well, we've already seen it. And I'm Home sorry, opener. but as a ball, no one's asking you to start a fight, but you should be getting in there backing up your teammates because he looks, sees it, and literally just walks away. You All can't right. do that. Here's here's my two cents, guys. Basketball for me is a game of passion. You have to play it with some sense of passion. These types of scuffles, it's camaraderie. It's going down with the ship, right, wrong, or indifferent. You got to ride or die with your guys, right? I come from the age where that type of moment, that's fun. That gets you going a little bit. Funs you up. I I know exactly. You know, I I know, but you, I always play better. You get that fire going and you're just aggressive and you just something about it just gives you that extra something. Here's the other side of it. I can understand why he did what he did. In addition to that, just look at him. Have you ever seen passion come out of him? Has have you honestly everybody listening right now here on Dash Radio is nothing but net channel. Ask yourself. Show me. Hit us up on Twitter. At MBN Dash Radio. Have you ever seen Le- Lonzo Ball with passion? Yeah. 
it half the time most people think he's sleeping out there. He's kind of like the the Andrew Wiggins knock on him when he first came to the league. It is way worse than Andrew no, Wiggins. No, but it's the same kind of thing where people are just like, I want to see more emotion out of him. Right. He, I mean, at least Andrew Wiggins will smile. Would have, would have, like now he, he does have more passion, but I mean, Lonzo Ball looks like he's never been happy about anything in his life. So let's 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 leave it there. Let's uh, while you're tweeting with your thoughts about Lonzo's passion, answer our howl hot topic. Uh, should Lonzo have gone and defended his teammates, or was he right to walk away during the scuffle? You will see that Twitter poll on our Twitter feed at uh, the Howl Radio on Twitter. Now, Rob, we have a very new segment tonight that uh, uh, we're given a shot because we have permission to do so. Well, even if we didn't, this is the uh, Howl Hot Takes. Even if we did, even that. I love that. So this Rob. is Nick Hagen. Or Haugen, but uh, it's at Hagen N D, so H A U G E N N D. And this is his hot take. He says Fibs should offer Cat for Al Horford. Gets his D anchor, a good passer, low usage, and then Cat can go join Golden State East and actually have a coach that knows how to use him. What? Like yeah, yeah. What? I, I don't even know, you know, it was pretty early in the morning when I saw this, so I feel like uh I hope he wasn't drunk. But maybe, oh, you know what? It might have actually, I take that back. My conversation with him was in the morning. He, he sent this out last night, uh, you know, during the game or after the game, but come on, you know, that's, that's just, that's legit stupid. I just block people like that, to be honest with you. I didn't want to to hear that trash. That is, what what do you want me to say about that? Honestly, horrible. His, he doubles down. He says, yeah, he goes, I can watch Cappy maximized instead of watching Thibs do whatever do whatever offense he thinks he's running. I'm officially on Fire Thibs Island now. Property is cheap for now. Also, Cat would be good on D in Boston. Why would Cat be good on D in Boston when he's not if he's not good on D here? Just going somewhere else doesn't make you good on D all of a sudden. So I don't know. That's, I, that, just, that, that so might, shout out to him. That, I that find this possibly be the a worst. Shout out to him. That's like yeah, he doesn't deserve a shout out for that. Oh my no, goodness. he does because it's it's a terrible hot take. So like. I'm saying we're calling him out like this is bad. And he told me I, I, he said, yeah, talk about me if you want to. So he's he's totally 100 percent. I guess you got to respect someone that's willing to stand by their takes. I'll Gosh, give him, That's, that's just, what I'll give him. But it's bad. It's a bad take. That is horrid. Ugh. Horrid, horrid, horrid. Uh, guys, real quick. One other thing I wanted to uh, just touch base on. Uh we have a, a tweet here that I just feel like we should read um, finishing up basically on Lonzo. I mean, he's, he's, he's getting a lot of criticism. Do you guys think he's padding his stats as well? Well, he's not, but some people are calling out the Lakers stack guys for padding his stats. They're, they broke it down. There's, you know, showing that I, I touched on this a little bit. You know, they broke it down. You can kind of look at some. It, it is suspect. I will no, when give you it watch that. it. I agree. Don't you think it I on the surface? Do you think it looks like an assist? Ugh, it's, it's boring, man. Like one of them was real bad. I mean, so I was watching before I saw this. I had watched like the highlight of him in that triple double game. And, you know, there's some things that were really impressive, but a couple of assists I'm little, I'm watching going, wait, what? How is that an assist? Yeah, that's not one. So I, I'm thinking maybe the guy that made the highlight video screwed up. And then I see this and it's like, no, no, it's an assist. The only thing I'll say is if you read in the comments, it's, I guess, pretty common practice for home stats guys to pad stats. So like they're very lenient 
with what oh, yeah. is or is not considered a, an assist. And apparently it's it's a two dribble deal. It's what a lot of people are saying. So it's not just the Lakers. This is really common. They said, so if you were to go back and look at a lot of guys getting like big games like this, if you look back, it's pretty common that they're getting stats padded. So I think it definitely happened and it definitely does happen. But maybe it's more widespread than we realize. That does it for this week's edition of the Howl on the Nothing But Net channel, exclusively on Dash. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, check us out on Twitter at KDraves42, at Aaron Groshong, at The Sportsman. And you can find us at The Howl Radio on Twitter. Give us a follow. Let us know how we did on this week's show. We are going to send you out with some music. First, Chance the Rapper in favorite song. And after that, John Legend featuring Chance the Rapper with Penthouse Floor. Until next week, let me get a howl. Acid rapper, soccer, hacky sacker, cocky, khaki, jacket, jacker, slap, happy, faggot, slapper, whoop, whoop, a rocky, rocket launcher, shake that lefty, taffy, jolly, raunchy rapper, dang, dang, ski, 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 she do that, thanks to three retweets, the album feel like 92, now take that bomb for heat, three peat, chance, whole acid, cruising on that LSD, ask yourself about my deal, he look back, say, hell yeah, let's see, this shit my favorite song, you just don't know the words, but I still fuck with you, you just ain't never heard, it go like count that stack, pop that captain down that jack. All my niggas hit that zip, and all my ladies about that bitch. My jam, this my jam, this my jam, this my jam. About that jam, about that jam, about that jam, about that jam. This my jam, this my jam, this my jam, this my jam. About that jam, about that jam, about that jam, about that jam. Young rascal flat, young ass kid ask to rap. Fuck all the faculty, tobacco pack and acrobat. Back to back, back and back, back and forth with fits and jack and forth of weed. I'm back to pack on hits with young cleaters. To pat my back, yo nigga with a nose ring. That's right, just here to rap them songs. Rag on my hair, rap weed in Vegas, rockin' Vega bomb. Sing the song, oh you don't know what? Well I still bang with you, hang with you, sit drink with you as long as I can sing with you. Like this shit, my favorite song. You just don't know the words, but I still fuck with you. You just ain't never heard. It go like count that stack, pop that captain down that jack. All my niggas hit that zip, and all my ladies got that bitch. My jam, this my jam, this my jam, this my jam, this my jam, about that jam, about that jam. Niggas, please be focused. Uh, that Bino, you know this. Uh, he rapped the home of Sosas. You know I'm from that zone six. You know I rep that stone shit. You know your hood is so clear. As God, as my witness, this Will Smith spit real shit. I'ma be that. CG busy getting where we at. Bought your girl some new knee pads. You're fucking with me, Fifi bag. My stars, he get. She said, it's my favorite song. Hold my purse. Now she on the floor, dropping like it's high. You blast this shit in Amber Crombie when your work is finished. Your mom won't play it in the car cause it got cursing in it. Your boy like, I'm the one who showed you he won his percentage. Cause you were like, this ain't the nigga you said spitting, is it? Two-step. White dudes on them shake. Why you laughing? Cause you all them shake. I was never fake, I was just too good to be true That's acid rap, we killed the track You had your chance and be no tool This shit my favorite song You just don't know the words But I still fuck with you You just ain't ever heard It go like count that stack Pop that captain down that jack All my niggas hit that zip And all my ladies got that This my jam, this my jam This my jam, this my jam About that jam, about that jam This my jam, this my jam This my jam, this my jam About that jam, about that jam About that jam
the penthouse floor. Oh, let's go. Let's ride the elevator. It's what we've been waiting for. We'll tear down the penthouse doors. Those penthouse doors. We'll tear down the penthouse doors. 